This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. You know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode 120, episode 120 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I'm part of the Big Night Media team. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Hope you're having a great time so far. I am part of the Big Night Media team with some fantastic podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Mass, The Marky P Show, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Let's Get Rich Podcast, Burnt Toast, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, Before I Go with JD, and Big Night Breaks. It's not a podcast, but it's part of the Big Night Media team. Big Night Breaks, Sports Cards, every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday night, they do live breaks with Verified Breaker Chris Costa. And this Sunday, April 18th, at Big Night Live, one of the best concert venues in New England, there will be the Causeway Card Show. First one of its kind, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., April 18th, at Big Night Breaks. Live music, drinks, food, trading cards, meet some new people. There'll be live breaks with Chris Costa as well. It's free admission, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. this Sunday, April 18th, at Big Night Live. Make sure you go. I'll be there. I'll be rocking some Banner Banter Podcast swag. And speaking of Banner Banter Podcast swag, go to BigNightShop.com, click on the Big Night Media link, then click on the Banner Banter Podcast uh, link. I got a new trucker hat, a new golf shirt, a new t-shirt, and a new tank top for the ladies as well. Uh, Go check that out. Plenty of other stuff, hoodies, hats, rain jacket, the whole nine. It will all it's all there. Go check it out. Go support the podcast. I appreciate it. So before we actually do talk about what happened with the Boston Celtics this week, sorry for the long intro of of uh things that I have to check off as a uh, as a podcaster, but I, I need to say uh rest in peace to Earl Simmons, aka Darkman X, aka DMX, aka the original Rough Rider. Uh just a uh a big, big loss, not only in the hip hop community, but in my life as well. He was a, uh, his music really helped me get through some really, really hard times in my life when I was younger. And, uh, I loved how open he was about his mental health, his issues with addiction, uh, his faith, um, the whole nine yards. He was just a very important piece of my life. It was a rough weekend losing DMX, no pun intended with the Rough Riders, but it was a, a rough weekend losing dark man x and uh i hope he's hanging out with leah up in heaven and uh you know he was oh, i just loved his music I, I really and truly did it he did a lot more than just radio hits like party up and what's my name and rough riders anthem there's a lot more behind dmx's music than those all those radio hits that everyone knows so rest in peace to earl simmons so 
Let's uh, talk about what the Boston Celtics did this week. They didn't start off the week very well, losing to the Philadelphia 76ers at TD Garden, 106-99. Then they, the next night, without Kemba, they came back, boom, beat the New York Knicks, 101-99. They beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, 145-136 to in overtime. Probably not the greatest game in the world there. And then they beat the Denver Nuggets today. I'm recording this right after the game. I'm super jacked up. 105-87. to They went on a 30 30- one to three run to win this game. I think they only allowed 10 points in the fourth quarter. Just a phenomenal effort game from the Celtics, something that we've been needing to see for a really, 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 really long time. Banner Banter Podcast, Eastern Conference Standings Watch. Oh, would you look at that? A new little segment, the Banner Banter Podcast, Eastern Conference Standings Watch, because it's important, folks. Celtics are 28 and 26. There's not a lot of games left in the season. It's only, what, if you do the math real quick, only 18 games left in the season. They're currently tied for fifth with the Hornets and the Heat. They're one game behind the... the Hawks, who currently have the four seed. The Heat are, well, the Heat played last night, but before I'm recording this podcast, they're in Portland, so I don't know how they're doing. So the Celtics could be ahead of the Heat, but as I record this, late Sunday afternoon, they are tied with the Miami Heat in the standings. Half a game, or eight, eight and a half games out of first, but only one game out of uh, fourth place which is owned by the Atlanta Hawks. Sorry for the, my brain just turned into a puddle for about 30 seconds. So this week, the Atlanta Hawks have to play the Raptors, the Bucks, and the Pacers. Pacers are fighting for a playoff spot. That will be a tough game. Obviously, the Bucks are going to be good. Giannis has a knee issue. I think it's his left knee, just some soreness. I, I think it's just a good time for them to rest him to finally get that maybe that last playoff push. They probably know that they're going to be the three seed. They're going to be locked into that three seed because it's going to be a battle between the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets for that one or two seed. The Hornets, they have the Lakers, the Cavs, and the Nets. And then I think they have another game too, but I'm having a brain fart on who it is. Yes, I've memorized these and because I'm psychotic. And then the Miami Heat have an absolutely brutal week all on the road. They're playing the Portland Trailblazers tonight as I record this. I know you're probably listening on Monday and Tuesday, so sorry if I'm a little bit behind there, but they also play the Suns, the Nuggets, and the T-Wolves on the road. Now, the Timberwolves, obviously, they should beat them, but the Suns, one of the best teams in the NBA. The Nuggets, one of the best teams in the NBA. And then they come home and play the Brooklyn Nets. That's a brutal stretch. So if the Heat don't do well, the Celtics can really maybe gain some ground and really get that fourth or the fifth seed, but we'll see. And then the Knicks have the Lakers, Pelicans, Mavs, and they play the Pelicans again. So that will be very, very interesting there. The you know the Knicks are so up and down. If if they can really play well defensively, like they did against the Celtics uh, last Wednesday night, you know they only allowed the Celtics to score 101 points, but they didn't. But they didn't score the ball that well. They only scored 99 points. I mean, that was just a, a very, very sloppy game. And then this week, the Celtics have the Trailblazers on Tuesday night in Portland at 10 p.m. <clears throat> at 10 p.m. on Tuesday, and then Thursday night, the Lakers at 10 p.m. Both of those games will be on TNT. The Lakers will have fans in the stands for the uh, at the Staples Center for the very first time. So I'm sure there'll be a rowdy crowd. And then they're back home Saturday night, 8:30 ABC primetime game against Steph Curry, Steve Curry, Draymond Green, and the Golden State Warriors. So why don't we, before we dive into everything that went on this week, I I, I have one topic for this week. Like last week, my topic was ball movement, and the Celtics did a pretty good job. They're now 17-3 and with 25 assists or more, which they did against the uh, T-Wolves, Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday night at the Garden. But 
why don't we do stud and dud of the week right now? Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Alrighty, episode 120, stud and dud of the week. The stud is Jason Tatum. I, I mean, he dropped 53 points. I know it was against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I know they played an extra five minutes of basketball because it went into overtime, and guess what? I don't give a fuck that if it was against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Portland Trailblazers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Harlem Globetrotters, the Chelmsford High basketball team, the Mount Ida Mustangs. I don't give a crap who it was against. I don't care if it was in, in NBA 2K. Jason Tatum scored 53 points. First time someone has scored more than 52 points since Larry Bird was around. Larry Bird also dropped 53 points when he was playing for the Celtics. And now we don't have to listen to Isaiah Thomas and how he dropped 52 points anymore because now Jason Tatum was one point better than him. He has been a lot better as the season has gone on, for sure. You know, he when he had COVID in January, he was complaining about it a lot, how it affected him, and hopefully his lungs are in good shape because he has been on a on an absolute tear. And the best part about it is, is yes, I understand he's shooting the ball better, he's scoring the ball a lot more, it's all great and all, but one thing that I have really, really was hoping that he would continue from last year into this year was how well he was rebounding the ball. And now he has a few back-to-back games with 10 rebounds or more. I love that. If Tatum can get double-doubles every night, this team is so much better. The nights where he only gets like four rebounds and two assists, gross. But the other cool thing is he's averaging over four assists per game. So he's rebounding. He's a playmaker. He's doing everything you want a superstar to do, including scoring the basketball a lot. Which, again, you love to see. So, for example, today, 9 of 23, 28 points, 10 rebounds. Now, he only had two assists, which isn't great. But he now has three games in a row with 10 rebounds or more. I love that. I need that. And before the Nuggets game, he was averaging four assists per game, which is a good thing. So, obviously, that average dropped with only two today. But 76ers game, the Knicks game, the T-Wolves game. He was averaging four assists a game. Now, should it be five or six, maybe even seven? Sure, but like maybe he's just not there yet. Maybe if he had better people around him, like not passing to Grant Williams in the corner, you know, things along those lines, that's great. But the one thing that is a little nerve-wracking is when he does go up against a really good defense, against the Knicks, he had eight turnovers. Really not ideal. And he's been bashed by the media lately. Kendrick Perkins ripped into him. A lot of the people, you know, Bobby Marks, the former GM of the Brook, uh, or assistant GM. So he was in one of those roles on ESPN. He's unbelievable on Twitter with the salary caps and the bird rights and trade protections and, and all this stuff. And he's a great follow on Twitter. But he said that he would trade Jason Tatum for Jalen Brown. And since then, he's gone on an absolute tear. And the best part about it is the last two games... Jason Tatum has gone to the free throw line 24 times. Two games, 24 free throws. That's an average of 12 per game. The seven games before that total, Jason Tatum went to the free throw line 23 times. So last two games, 24 free throws. The seven games before that, 23 free throws. And Jason Tatum has dropped 53 points, 28 points. His shooting percentage is going up. If he can attack the rim slow the game down a little bit, and hit some free throws, this team can be so much better. And it's going to happen. Maybe this is like the little bit of a tear that he went on, you know, the second 
or I have to say second part of the season, even though it was stopped, you know, with the pandemic and all that. But after the All-Star break, or a little bit before the All-Star break last year, until the pandemic actually hit, Jason Tatum was on a tear. And the play that he has going right now kind of reminds me of that. So we'll see if he can continue that. And I would love to see that happen. So we'll just have to wait and see. The dud of the week is Kemba Walker. Listen, I love Kemba. One of my favorite players to watch, you know, whether it was at UConn, Hornets, so many highlights, such a great player, so much heart, et cetera, et cetera. And I understand that, you know, he scored five or six points to really start that 31-3 to run against the Nuggets today for, for that victory. You know, he got a hoop, and then he got an AM1, and then I think he got another hoop after that. He, he was awesome in that short span. But he has to play better. I mean, before the Nuggets game, this week he shot 16 of 40 from the field, 7 out of 24 for three, from three. He's just not himself, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his knee. I don't know maybe if there's something personal going on. I would never judge anyone if they have something personal going on. But the, I don't know. He, he just doesn't fit, and I don't blame Danny Ainge for making that trade for Campbell Walker. I mean, who wouldn't trade for an all-star, all-NBA caliber player, you know, Sure, he might have had a bum knee, but like, and everyone that says, oh, Terry Rogier would have been so much better. Terry Rogier is like the second scoring option in Charlotte. He would still be the third or fourth scoring option here. He's not getting the ball as much. Like, read the room. He's not the same player, that being Kemba Walker. He's hurting the team for sure. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know what to do. Uh, do you bring Peyton Pritchard and have him start? Or when Evan Fournier gets out of the COVID protocol, do you start Marcus and. Jason and Jalen and Evan and Time Lord? I don't know. But Kemba is just not right. He was pretty good at the end of the Timberwolves game, and he was pretty good at the end of the Nuggets game. But, like, I need a good Kemba Walker for 48 minutes. I will say this, though. His assist numbers have been very, very good. He's getting a lot of people involved. But we also need his scoring. That part is very important. You know, he's had a couple nine assist games, eight assist games as of late, which is fantastic, which is what a point guard should do if you're, you know, old school basketball guy. But like Kemba's just not right. And maybe he's in a funk and maybe he can get out of it. But like, it's just how much longer are we going to have to wait? Because it's I don't think the Celtics have many back-to-back games coming up, which is obviously a good thing because you want Kemba to play as much as possible and get out of this little funk and get into a little bit of a rhythm. But I'm just afraid that he's not going to be able to do it. And to be honest with you, it absolutely scares the living daylights out of me because he's so important. And if he's so important to this team as a player, you could even say he's even as a team looks to the future and they're trying to trade him. What team's going to want a guy who just doesn't have it anymore? And that's a that's a strong statement that he doesn't have it anymore. He obviously has it. Kemba Walker's still a good player. I mean, he's still better than Peyton Pritchard. You know, he's still better than Tremont Waters. You know, you go down the list. He's the best point guard option on the Boston Celtics for sure. You know, and then coming up, he'll be able to play the Trailblazers game, the Lakers game, the Warriors game, the Bulls game. And then I'll have two days of rest. He'll play the Phoenix game. He can't play the Nets game. He can play in the Hornets game. He'll play in the OKC game. He'll have to sit out the next Hornets game. And then Spurs, Trailblazers, Magic, Chicago, Miami. So two back-to-backs from now, April what, 8th, well, 11th, 12th, whatever the case may be, to May 9th. Kemba's only going to miss two games. That's a good thing for this basketball team. But right now, he's not very good. And that's why he gets the dud of the week. 
Now, a lot of people have, um, what's the right phrase I'm looking for? Bitched and moaned about Brad Stevens' offense. And I I get that to a degree. I mean, currently, overall, in the league, throughout the entire season, the Celtics have the 11th best offensive rating. And the year before that, they were 4th. And the year before that, they were 10th. Last year, they scored 112 points per game. This year, they're scoring 111. So, obviously, a little bit of a dip and a little bit of a cause for concern, for sure. Two years ago, their defensive rating was 7th. Last year, their defensive rating was 4th. This year, it's 18th. Last year, they gave up 107 points a game. This year, it's 113 points a game. So where's the concern there? This is what I, literally drives me nuts with the media and you know fans. And listen, I'm a fan. This Literally, the, the caption of this podcast is a weekly Celtics podcast from a season ticket holder point of view. I'm no expert in any way, shape, or form. But to me... The Celtics dropping from 10th to 11th in offensive rating from one year to the next uh, versus being 4th to 18th in in the defensive rating, that's a major concern. Since March 1st, the Celtics have the 8th best offense in the NBA. It's better than the Nets, the Jazz, the Suns, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Milwaukee Bucks, all teams that are far ahead of them in the standings. But they're 25th in defensive rating. That means they have one of... The, one of the worst defenses in the league since March 1st and 18th overall all year. That is a concern. So if you're going to bitch and moan and be like, fire Brad Stevens, he stinks, do it about the defense, not the offense. I mean, his players are not making effort on defense. That's a concern. Some of the mistakes they are making, to me, really isn't the coaching, but the players have to communicate, and they're just not doing it a lot, Like especially in that 76ers game. You know, they hung in for that first half, and then the 76ers started hitting shots because guys were maybe coming over too soon, and sure, maybe Brad yelled at them at some times, but there were some times, you know, I was at that game, and you, and you could see Brad, like, put his hands up in frustration, going, oh, why did he do that? Like, that's so, like, oh, like, that's so dumb, and a lot of guys, like, won't make the extra effort to fly for a shot and try and distract the, the shooter in any way, shape, or form. You know, there have been multiple times this year that Kemba and Jalen have made dumb decisions on defense, like read-the-room type of moments where they switch, but they shouldn't have switched, but they leave the guy wide open because they're more concerned about someone else. You know, and at times I get it. If Joel Embiid has the ball in the post and you go down and help to trap him, someone else has to rotate over to get, you know, Danny Green at the top of the, you know, the top of the three-point line for a three-point shot, but they just stand with their man. And I don't get that, and I don't like that, and it's so frustrating and annoying to me. It really is. The, the Celtics are 17-3 and three this year with 25 assists and more. Okay, we know that. And six out of the 11 hoops that they had against this insane Nuggets game where they went on a 33 to, 31 to, 31 to 3 run, six out of the 11 hoops were assisted. So they made 11 hoops on a 31-3 to 3 run, and six of them were assisted. So the ball movement's there. Nine times this year. The Celtics have held op- opponents to under 100 points, and they are 7-2. and two. They've won 18 games where their opponent scores under their current average points per game at 113. Okay? That's ridiculous. The Celtics have only won 28 games this year, and 18 of them is when they have allowed 113 points or less. So when they defend and when they move the ball, good things happen. 
And you know the old school saying, I mean, if you're not a basketball junkie like me, there's an old school saying, good defense leads to good offense. So if the Celtics can play good defense, they can move the ball around a little bit more. And I understand for someone like Jason Tatum who needs a lot of effort on the offensive end, it's tough to also make that much effort on the defensive end. But guess what? You make a bazillion dollars and you're one of the best players in the league. Pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Like, you got to do it. And if this Celtics team can defend, if they can stay a top 10 offense the rest of the way, but their defense can maybe go up from 25th to, let's say, 15th and go up 10 spots, they're going to be a problem. The Celtics right now have won four out of five games, three in a row. You know, they've beaten the Bucks, they've beaten the Nuggets, they've beaten the Knicks, and the Hornets, all playoff teams right now. So those are good wins. And sure, they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Jason Tatum scored 53 points, which, which was awesome, because Jason Tatum went to the free throw line, what, a thousand times in that game? Would you love to see? But if this team can defend like they did late in that Knicks game, and late in that Minnesota Timberwolves game, and late in the Nuggets game, they can, they can be really good, but they have to defend the entire time. Allowing 39 points to the Minnesota Timberwolves, one of the worst teams in the NBA, technically the worst team in the NBA based on records, you can't allow 39 points to a team like that. You just can't do it in any way, shape, or form. So if the effort's there and Brad changes some things up system-wise, maybe not switch as much, maybe not double as much, whatever the case may be, Brad's got to figure that out too. I'm just not saying it's not the players. It's everyone involved. If the defense can get better and the offense can stay the same, this Boston Celtics team, and it can be really good at the right time, which is the playoffs. They got about 18 games left to put it all together. Hopefully COVID's far, far away from this team now that they've missed, what, a a combined 136 games due to COVID or something like that, or 136 days, whatever the case may be. Big, big Big, 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 big defense going forward for this basketball team. Let's preview the upcoming week because, you know, to be honest, that the loss to the 76ers, that sucked. They hung in there, and then the defense just shit themselves, and that's why they lost by 10. The Knicks game, back and forth, ugly, you know, over 20 turnovers for the Celtics. They were so lazy with the basketball. It was so annoying to watch, but they fought back, and they won the game. The Timberwolves game was fun to the point where Tatum dropped 53 points. It was really cool to see Jalen Brown dish that uh, pass to Tatum so you get to 48. They fought, you know, but, like, at the same time, it's against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but they didn't give up. And I'm telling you this right now, if they gave up after that T-Wolves game, oof, the media would have went berserk. And then this Nuggets game, I mean, I understand Jamal Murray wasn't playing in the, for the Denver Nuggets, and, you know, he's their number two scorer and stuff, but, like, I don't care. The 31 to 3 run in the NBA, that's absolutely absurd. Absurd. So let's preview the upcoming week. The Portland Trail Blazers, they've been average as of late, to be honest with you. You know, they've beat the teams they should have beaten, and they've lost to the teams that they should have, you know, lost to. Like they've lost to the Bucks and the Suns, you know, teams that are just better than them. But before we really and truly dive down, we need to talk about something, and we need to bring back an old school segment called Cantor Banter. He's a man who loves to get a double-double, but when it comes to the Turkish government, he's in a lot of trouble. It's time for Cantor Banter, baby! Wow! 
Yeah, folks, that's right. We brought back Cantor Banter from season two of the Banner Banter podcast. We used to, if you're new to the podcast, we used to do this thing called Cantor Banter where we would literally listen to that rock music for the amount of rebounds Ennis Cantor got in one week. And in one game on Saturday night, he had 24 points and 30 rebounds. 30 rebounds from Ennis Cantor. Are you kidding me? And, you know, you could see Celtics fans, oh, why did we trade for Trips? You know, why did we trade for Tristan Thompson? Like, shut up. Like, I love Dennis Cantor. His attitude was great. I'm sure he was a great locker room guy. But, like, you're going to pick Tristan Thompson over Ennis Cantor. Sure, 24 and 30 is absolutely wild. Let's see if he can do that as much as Andre Drummond does. You know, like, relax. I miss Ennis Cantor. I miss Cantor banter. But props to him for getting 30 rebounds in one game. That's absolutely ridiculous. But Portland Trailblazers, since March 1st, have the best offensive rating in the NBA. Overall this season, they are the fifth highest scoring team in the NBA. They drop about 115 points per game. They also have a bottom five defense. So again, please play defense against this basketball team for the love of God. Please do that. You know, they got one of the best backcourts in the NBA with CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, and they got Norman Powell from the Toronto Raptors at the deadline, who is a very good defender and just a great piece for this team. Uh, Robert Covington, he's a good defender for this team as well, and Carmelo Anthony, if you know anything about me, I am a big Carmelo Anthony hater. Uh, You know, he's one of the better scorers in NBA history. You know, I'm not going to take that away from him. Obviously, respect that, but I just think he's one of the biggest losers in the NBA forever. The Portland Trailblazers, they shoot a three. They shoot the three a lot. And that's because they don't get to the line as much. Who would have thought that the Boston Celtics actually get to the free throw line more than another team? And one of the teams is the Portland Trailblazers. So if Jason Tatum can keep attacking the rim and they can limit Damian Lillard from going off for a 50 piece, they got a shot at this game for sure. Because I'm telling you folks, if they can go 3-0 on this West Coast road trip, they already beat the Nuggets, if they can beat the Trailblazers, and then they should beat the Los Angeles Lakers with no LeBron and no Anthony Davis. And then they go into that Warriors game. You're feeling good. You're feeling great. But we'll see. We'll see. The Lakers game. It's a must win. I hate the Lakers with every ounce of my soul. No respect for that organization in any way, shape, or form. I have respect for the players that have played for that organization. One of the most storied franchise in NBA history, for sure. Not going to take that away from them in any way, shape, or form. But I hate the Los Angeles Lakers so much. Now, I don't care if they just beat the Nets. You know, Kyrie got tossed. Kevin Durant didn't play that great. Whatever. But the last time these two teams played, the Lakers won by one at full strength. Tatum and Brown had a combined 58 points in that game. I believe that was January 30th, that game, because I was pissed I couldn't be there because I think that was one of the first Celtics-Lakers games I missed since, like, I don't know, the Great Depression. Shout out to DMX. That was the name of one of DMX's albums, now that I think of it. But if you lose to the Los Angeles Lakers by one point, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they drop 58 points combined. It's pretty good. But Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart combined for Eight points. Now, this was the game that Marcus Smart did get hurt in, where he was out for, what, six, seven weeks, whatever the case may be. So that was obviously a big loss and why that number was so low, for sure. But Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart are going are gonna to score more than a combined eight points. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown better score, I'm going to say, more than 50 combined points. So if all those guys can perform well, and without no LeBron James, 
no Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma's day-to-day, and I hate that I just put LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the same sentence as Kyle Kuzma. (laughs) That was disgusting. I'm sorry to LeBron and AD. You guys didn't deserve that, but... You know, he's one of their better players. I'll give him that. But, like, that's about it. But there will be fans back at the Staples Center. The first time in a long time. That place is going to be rocking. Dennis Schroeder needs to be locked up by Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart because Dennis Schroeder is going to give Kemba Walker hell. So hopefully Marcus Smart can give Dennis Schroeder hell. This is one of those games where you actually might want to start Tristan Thompson over the Time Lord. And I understand the Time Lord has been fantastic. Just looking at Andre Drummond, I would rather have time lord play against harold than i would drummond playing against time lord so i'm listen i don't think brad will but i wouldn't be surprised if he does that's what i'm saying i mean time lord in the starting lineup works all the guys like playing with him and stuff but tristan thompson and andre drummond the battle on the boards is going to be very very important in this game andre drummond is now the focal point of that los angeles lakers offense with no lebron and no anthony davis this is why they signed him this is why they persuaded him saying hey you're you're gonna get a lot of minutes right now and then once lebron comes back you're gonna get the ball a lot because he's gonna feed you but this is just one of those games i can see where god like you know Catavius Caldwell Pope KCP goes off for like 20 points and the Celtics lose. It's just going to absolutely drive me nuts. Just don't make it one of those games. Their defense is sneaky good right now. The last 10 games without LeBron and Anthony Davis, they have allowed 103 points per game. So their defense is sneaky good. But if the Celtics defense can be better and the ball movement is there, which I've been preaching forever now, they can win this basketball game. And then finally, the Golden State Warriors game will be interesting. James Wiseman, the rookie the number what number two number three pick in the draft i'm having a brain fart on what number it was but uh this year he has torn meniscus that's a big loss for them kelly Oubre's hurt he might not play in the game but you still got steph curry the warriors have given up 117 points on average in their last five games their offense hasn't been that great only dropping 108 points so again defend 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 Steph Curry has been on a tear in his last six games. He missed some time. He was hurt a little bit with that bruised tailbone when he was trying to die for that loose ball. That was nasty. But 32 points, 36 points, 37 points, 41 points, 32 points, and 38 points is what Steph Curry has done in the last six games. He's making an average of five three-pointers a night in his last six games. That's absolutely bananas. I mean, the Celtics, I think, hit two three-pointers in the first half of the Nuggets game. As a team, two three-pointers in the first half. Steph Curry's doing five a game. That's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Now, the positive about this, this is where, you know, maybe my therapy is, is helping me a little bit, but the I'm trying to say this the right way. The last time the Celtics and the Warriors played each other, Steph Curry dropped 38 points and the Celtics won by four. So that's a huge plus knowing that if Steph Curry goes off for 38, like he did in the last game that he played in, the Celtics can still win this basketball game. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. So that's that for episode 120 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. I really appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a rating. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Rest in peace to DMX. Stop Asian hate. Black Lives Matter. Keep wearing a mask. I hope everyone's getting vaccinated. Keep washing your hands. Keep following 
all the social distance guidelines so we can get back to normalcy sooner rather than later. I really appreciate all of you listening this week, the previous week, whenever the, whenever you listen. Thanks so much for listening. Celtics pride for life. I really hope that they can absolutely just destroy the Lakers this week. It would make me so happy. You have no idea. So, all right, guys. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.